0: Welcome back to another ESL podcast. Oh my God, it's Monday morning. Oh, man, I am so happy that my voice is good. You know, normally I do a lot of screaming and yelling and it was because of the Olympics and seeing my wonderful, uh, you know, Boricua, my Puerto de Kenya uh, win the gold medal. Uh, but my voice was jacked up for about 10 days and it took a long time for it to come back. But goddamn, lo and behold, I am back and I am back with a vengeance. Guys, I'm back, I'm back. Happy Monday to everyone out there. And now let's get into the third to last episode in regards to investment. We're going to be talking about mergers and acquisitions. So guys, when we look at mergers and what mergers are, this is when obviously companies form together, okay? And what ends up happening is it could be either ultra successful, it could be bad, and it could be very ugly, So what I'm going to be doing is discussing some of the biggest corporate mergers over the past, oh my God, I guess you could say over the past 23 years or whatnot. So when we look at corporate mergers, you know, and the success of them, it's kind of like, I want to say that obviously Facebook and Instagram or, you know, that's just basically Mark Zuckerfuck using his money, you know, the power of buy, right? And having that, that, you know, that, that buying power to hurry up and go to WhatsApp and say, listen, I want to buy your company, but I get everything. All right. I'll give you 2 billion. And of course, these people get bought out very easily. You know, Um, you know, Netflix is another one that has a, a ridiculous amount of money and Disney and all these other Disney plus, they're trying to catch up, but Disney plus only has kid movies. That's it. They cater to just one. Now, they were able to build, you know, that they had a couple of really good movies on uh, Disney Plus, some zombie movies, and the movie with uh Pratt, the guy from uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. I think it was called a World Future World war, Future War or something like that. Excellent movie, by the way. But they're playing, trying to play catch up now. Would they ever try to form a merger? Probably not, because Disney got all the Marvel movies. Loki, it being one that came on, um, what is it, the. The, 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 new, uh, the new Chinese character from Marvel, he's gonna be coming on. But I don't see them in the future. I, there is no foreseeable future with Netflix and Disney Plus and maybe Hulu and all these other things merging together. But what I can do is give you guys some successful mergers of the past, Disney and Pixar. Now, if you look up Disney and Pixar right now, did the merger work? Well, guys, I found an article probably about 13 years ago. And considering that Wall-E was a huge success, up bolt. And if we look at everything from 2009 until today, Disney and Pixar has dominated in so many like there are so many new movies out there where they collaborated on in regards to, you know, advertising and marketing plugs and merchandising. and if we look at cars, cars for crying out loud. Guys, I don't even know how many Cars movies there are, but I'm pretty sure they're at number four right now. That is a very successful collaboration. Now, I don't know too much about Sirius and XM Radio, and not many people around the world know about this. And Exxon and Mobile, they were before, right? Exxon Mobile, we know that they are the killer. They are the global killer in terms of environmental like disasters. They're doing nothing to help the environment. Better yet, they're going into... Piss poor countries in Western Africa, and they're just causing significant oil leaks with their ridiculous ass drilling, and they're leaving ponds and fisheries that used to be fisheries, but now they're just, it's just a black market for oil out there. Now we know, know ExxonMobil is a piece of shit. That, that merger between Exxon and mobile back in 1999, guys, they're probably up there with 500 like 500 billion they're probably worth right now. And so, I'm not going to say anything else about ExxonMobil because I do not like saying those those that that compound now, and I do not like spewing uh a, such a parasite onto my podcast. But let's just say it was a successful merger. Now, let's look at some of the failed mergers now. Now, I'm not going to get into obviously New York Central and Pennsylvania Railroads, no one really knows about that, but everyone does knows about Mercedes-Benz. Well, then And Chrysler tried collaborating, right? Back in 1998, it was a $37 billion merger. But what ended up happening, there was a corporate culture clash. Now we talked about culture clashes. And if we look at Mercedes-Benz and Chrysler, I'm pretty sure Chrysler is from America. If I'm not sure, well, if I'm not mistaken. Benz, I believe is from Germany. So what ended up happening is... Well, Chrysler was nowhere near the league of Benz, right? And so Chrysler was probably trying to input their ideas and different things into the whole segment. And Benz was like, uh, no. So then there were just clashes and clashes and clashes. And the recession came in, obviously, 2008. Sales were already dragging. And that was just the perfect recipe for a corporate divorce. Uh, I'm sorry, divorce. And... What ended up happening after that was, well, they went their separate ways. Some of you probably don't even know about Chrysler, but everyone knows about Benz because Benz was already a standalone juggernaut in its own right. So why even try formulating an alliance? Just saying. So look at Kmart. All right. Now, if you guys don't know Kmart, Kmart is one of those retail brands. You know, Walmart's probably the most uh, popular one across America. You have Kmart. Kmart was very popular in the 90s and Walmart took over and just dominated in all sorts of retail where you could like get, you know, buy food, buy appliances, buy clothes, buy everything in one place. Kmart just didn't have that, nor did Target. Now, Target still lingers in some uh, neighborhoods throughout Las Vegas, my native Las Vegas, but it's not as big as Walmart. Well, there was another company by the name of Sears. Now, Sears, you would find these in malls. Malls in America are completely different from malls in Thailand because a mall in America is basically you have a food court and you have a bunch of stores. That's it. You buy your shoes, you get yourself a nice meal, and then you get the hell out of there. Malls in Thailand, however, if I walk into Icon Siam, for instance, they have not only convenience stores... They have amazing different things at the bottom of this Icon CM, such as massage parlors, traditional massage parlors, places where you can relax, you know, uh, ice cream parlors, you name it. You go up one floor, they have a whole bunch of retail, high-end retail and normal retail. They have the banks inside the malls. In America, they have no banks. They have, uh, what else do they have inside the malls? Uh, uh, phone services. In America, nothing. They have high-end banks. America doesn't have that. They have bowling alleys. America doesn't have that. They have gyms. America doesn't have that. They have the high-end restaurants and like big rooftop bars. America doesn't have any of that. So the traditional way of looking at a mall has completely plummeted in America. But on the other hand, in, in Thailand, this it, the surge continues because it's multi-purpose as opposed to being just one purpose. Well, Sears was one of those big conglomerates of four-floor type of a four-floor or a multi-purpose type of store within a mall, and Kmart was a standalone. Well, the thing is, Sears Holdings, okay, there was a big downward spiral, okay? And why? Well, the focus was just soft goods, clothes and home goods, that's it, rather than hard goods, such as appliances and tools. Also, others thought, that Sears was trying to compete with the mega giant Walmart at the time. So what ended up happening in 2007, Lampert, the CEO was named the America's worst CEO and Sears Holdings remains on the brink of an utter failure. This was an article that was written back in 2009. Sears is officially gone as of today and I believe Macy's has followed suit. There you go. That's what happens, man. You just do not expand. Now, that's the bad. I'm not even getting into the ugly. So there was a company. I don't even know if they still exist. But Sprint and Nextel. Nextel was an absolute failure in the very, very beginning, right? So what happened is between Sprint and Nextel, in 2005, they joined, like, they joined together, right? It was a one big happy family <clears throat> for about $35 billion. But the thing is, Nextel's executives and managers left the new company, right? And then the reason why they left it is because, well, these two cultures did not just get along. And at the same time, that's when the economy in 2009, oh, yeah, it was just a fucking nosedive. So the customers, they expected more from the providers. So you had these other companies. You guys don't know this, but in America, you had the at and the Verizon. And the iPhone, those three in itself, iPhone was only, oh man, it was only two years new. And they ended up driving sales down from Nextel and Sprint. Next thing you know, Sprint and Nextel, the big layoffs happened. The stocks plummeted. And that merger was an absolute failure. If you guys don't know, switch focus to online. AOL, America Online, this was the first big internet subscriber a lot of people would say yes netscape was the first internet browser but no one used netscape all right america online basically for us to get on uh I, I still remember my sister bought a computer 20 years ago 20 years ago guys to this date and i remember because i was it was eighth grade oh my god it was a he- it was one of the worst years oh my god um Because obviously September 11th, a lot of things happened at my home. We got robbed. Yeah, believe it or not, all our games got stolen. Oh my God, long story. I'm not even going to get into that. But my mom, my mother almost died because she had bronchitis and it was due to smoking cigarettes. She never smoked a cigarette again. Thank you very much, mother. But this is a very tumultuous year, right? We didn't have internet at home. We just had a big block of a fucking HP monitor. And you guys know how heavy those monitors were 20, 20 years ago. Okay, much, much, far more grateful in regards to what we have today, right? Technology has evolved in so many different ways. But to get online, we didn't have America online. We didn't have AOL, but we had dial up. So to get online, it would go, I'll make all these crazy noises. And then, boom, we're connected to the internet. My friend at the time, before we got our computer, he had America online. So once he logged on, it would always say, you got mail. Oh my God, guys, so old, so old. But anyways, there was Time Warner, okay? So let me hurry up and break this down. In 2001, the old school media giant, Time Warner, okay? It was a media giant. They consolidated with AOL, right? And this was internet email provider for a lot of people. They consolidated to 111 billion, holy shit. Right? But the thing is, the synergy, they were just totally and dynamically different companies. You had the dot-com bust back in 2000. And guess what? The decline of dial-up Internet access probably began falling in the next half decade, because no one was connected to dial-up anymore. When Wi-Fi happened, that was the whole new thing. I was like, oh my God, Wi-Fi's here. We don't need dial-up anymore. And so, from that merger in 2001, leading up to this article in 2009, Time Warner's stock had dropped 80 percent. And then Jeff Bukes, who was the CEO at the time, he announced that the marriage of AOL and Time Warner had dissolved. Guys, AOL is finished. However, over this past year, I had a student in the uh, he's living in America right now, Washington, from the Philippines. He has an AOL account. I'm like, bro, why do you have an AOL account? That shit is dissolved like, like, like a decade ago. But for whatever reason, he has one, right? Time Warner has switched to cable. But cable is a thing of the past now too. No one sits at home and watches TV anymore, only really traditional folks. Yes, okay, my friend, and yes, you know, us watching a couple of things on TV and all that stuff. But to be honest with you, we just like to stream. It's easier. We don't wanna just sit in front of a monitor and just stream away apps. I'm, I'm sorry, we want to just sit in front of a monitor or do this on the go or do it on, you know, on TV. We're not gonna just sit at home, pop on a TV and there it is. No, it's more like Netflix. And that is without buying and renting a CD and putting that in and having to drop everything off. That's why Blockbuster had failed, right? And so if we look at any of these other ones, you guys probably may not know them, but Quaker Oaks, Uh, they tried joining with Snapple back in 94. That was an absolute failure beyond comprehension. Um, and you know, just a couple of other ones. So you got the success, you got the, you got the good, you got the bad, you got the ugly. Let's just put it that way. And what are the biggest reasons why they fall apart? Just different personalities, different outlooks, different intentions, different goals, right? before you even get together before you get these tux these guys wearing tuxedos or wearing these suits and having their hands together with a big smile there needs to be a lot of things that go down behind behind the scenes in order to understand the managers the owners everyone must sit down in a room and make sure that they have one outlook because if they don't everything's going to fall apart now that you know the 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 purchasing power is now in the hands of entrepreneurs. If you look at people like it, such as Joe Rogan, I've never really listened to his podcast because there's not much to it. These super long episodes and I'm like, dude, I've gotten nothing from this. But for some reason, a lot of people, Well, again, it's not so much about my personal feelings, it's about the market and the market loves them for whatever reason, right? Well, Spotify went to him last year, or I think two years ago and said, hey, a $100 million contract for three years. And sure enough, he made it exclusive. So Spotify literally just took away YouTube's biggest heavy hitter. And so now with these companies, there's no need to merge anymore. You would never see Spotify and Apple merge together. No way. Because Spotify's intentions are far different. Their intentions are to help, not to take. Apple is always take, 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 take. Oh, we have exclusive memberships that you could have on Apple, but I don't get the email of the people. And you're going to take 30% of my earnings? What have you done to help me with those earnings? No, get the hell out of here. This is why creators like me, we go to sites such as Protea, you know, whereas you guys could contribute on a monthly or a yearly basis to, you know, the podcast that I actually upload in advance and everything. So this is very critical in a sense that. When you learn about being an entrepreneur and just mergers and acquisitions in general, you've got to always have that one thing at the beginning, intent. What was my intent for the ESL podcast? Now, there uh, wasn't so much a merger, but it was a joint partnership that I did back in 2018, if I'm not mistaken. It was the Motivational Mentors podcast. Now, Luke was a coach. Me at the time, you know, I was like, okay, well, you know, I'm a mentor. I'm not a licensed coach just yet, but I'm a mentor. And so we would bring people on from all around the world, right? And we would interview them, but it was just like fake connections because out of those 82 interviews we did, I only keep in touch with two of those people. And I keep in touch with them on maybe a a quarterly or a yearly basis, right? So, this is why I don't like doing interviews with people anymore because I realized, man, you know what, to be honest with you, I just feel like I, uh, there's not much of a connection here. So this is why I do things like such as coaching and bringing other people on, but I'm do I'm coaching them and, you know, in, in a different way. Right. And so when I look at what we had before, the reason why I ended up quitting was because I just didn't feel like there was nothing behind it. I was coming out of pocket more. This guy was in debt with a graphic designer, upwards to $500, and I didn't even know. And the graphic designer from Myanmar was like, hey man, I can't do work for you anymore, unless I pay through you directly and you need something done with you. And I'm like, oh my God. I mean, I'm like, dude, you don't wanna get into a merger when someone's already in debt, not a merger, but like a joint partnership if someone's in debt. And someone who you know calls himself a coach, but isn't necessarily a coach. And this was the terrifying aspect of it because I was like, you know what? I'm coming out of pocket. I'm paying a virtual assistant for what? We're not even making money from this. We're not offering anything. And we were just still new in the game. That's completely understandable at the end of 2019. But I remember two weeks into December, I was like, okay, enough is enough. I'm gonna drop this email, hey man. I'm done with this motivational mentors. I think that's the end of it. We're not going anywhere with this. We're ringing on these random ass people. No one gives a damn about them. They care about our voices. And so that's why when I started doing interviews and stuff like that, I'm like, man, it's gotta have a real big purpose behind it. Like this, such as the, per, uh, the interview that you guys heard with the Namibian, Aina. See, that's life work. That's anti-human trafficking. That has fa- a far more powerful reach than just bringing on someone who says, yeah, you know, I have a podcast, I've made this amount in sales. I'm like, dude, what what, what purpose do you have? No one cares about that. Sorry, no offense. People care about development and growth. So if you guys ever were to do a joint partnership, start it off with intent. What are the goals? What are the outcome? What do you believe? What do you want to do going forward? What are some of the big things that you want to create? Because when I started doubling down on my own company, especially in 2010 and going into this year, everything had completely changed. Why? Because I knew exactly what my intent was with my podcast and with my business, but I didn't know back in the joint partnership. So guys, keep that in mind. And thank you so much for tuning in to another wonderful ESL podcast. But oh, we got so much well not so much. We got two more things to come. We got some listening and then we're going to be doing the interview and that will be it. So stay tuned for that. And I'm your host as always, over and out.